This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. can't come before you today um, without saying how disappointed I am that we're not moving forward with uh, cultivation in this bill. While very sincere and very well-meaning in terms of its intent and its goal to help people, politically was not going to be achievable. And I think it's fair that the DOT could determine that the KKK doesn't qualify as a civic-minded organization. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else. When we're talking, I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Good morning, it's 9.05 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. And you know, this is exactly how Donald Trump feels about me. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. (laughs) Donald Trump wants to punch a protester in the face. And I'm telling you, that is why people love him. I mean that. I'm not being snarky. I'm not being ironic. I'm just telling the natural truth. That's why people love him. And the folks in the mainstream media who are upset by that completely fail to understand the fundamental message of Donald Trump, which is that some people just need a a butt kicking. Some people just need... You to open up a good old-fashioned can of McCormick whoop-ass on him, as we say in South Carolina. And and Donald Trump, m- many voters believe, is the one guy that you can trust to deliver that butt kick. And they mean it. They're sincere. I don't, you know, I don't happen to agree, but completely uh, get it. Uh, and so it's one of the many, many things we'll be talking about this morning on the Michael Graham Show, where everybody is welcome. I don't ask you to agree with me. I just ask you to... Uh, Tell me how you honestly feel and uh, have fun doing it if possible. So, uh, Brandon, our executive producer, what is your favorite ad on TV right now? As you think about all, and there are some great ads out there, no doubt about it. Like, do you like the progressive run of ads with what's her name? It's starting to get old. It is, you know, but still, when it was good, it was, it was, they've done some very, very fun. I used to love ads. the free credit report jingles oh, with yeah. those guys. <laughs> that was a, that was a great those ad. Were, those were good. Well, I got to say, I think maybe my favorite uh, ad in the world right now is the most interesting man. The police often question him just because they find him interesting. <laughs> His beard alone has experienced more than a lesser man's entire body. His blood smells like cologne. <laughs> he is the most interesting man in the world. I love these ads. Well, he's in a fight now because his he had a manager and kind of was not a lot happening. And then this guy got this gig and this the actor. And now the manager is like, whoa, you owe me a lot more money. It turns out the manager is like a failed C actor who then switched over to manager because he couldn't get a real job. 
And now he's trying to glom it on. But he has made a mistake. He has confronted the most interesting man in the world. Arm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. <laughs> Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to see how that fight turns down, uh, turns out. But we're going to update you on that story. It's just, it's just, it's a, amazing when something like that completely captures people's imaginations. The best. It's He's the most interesting man in the world. So mm -hmm. shouldn't the manager pay him for I, the privilege to find him work? Him. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, and so we're going to update that story for you. Speaking of legal issues, let me ask you, Brent. How would you feel? If you were driving down, as and for those of you who are just uh, tuning in, welcome to the show. Uh, soccer boy's behind the board. He's uh, an illegal immigrant from where? Para Ura, someplace down. I don't know where they, you know, down there. Catholic country. Texas. No, 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 farther. A little no. farther south. Just just, just farther south. Whatever. It's one of the Gways. I can't keep track of the Gways. Uh, and then Brandon is a proud African person of color, of complexion. Of Rachel Dolezal. Whatever the whatever the the, the euphemism is, because I don't want to say anything that is in any way offensive to anyone. Uh, so you're driving on the road in Georgia, and you know how they have the signs that you know uh, uh, we you know adopt a highway, yeah. and it's like whatever the Girl Scout, Schmeckelville Rotary Club, and whatever. How would you feel if you the drove past Club? <laughs> exactly. You drive don't mock the Col the Lions are the best. <laughs> you ever been to a Lions meeting? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I speak at these you know meetings sometimes. I and thought you had to be old. No, they call it one. Well, you're the speaker. They called you. They call each other Lion. Lion Phil has an announcement for. I'm not kidding. Lion, and they sing songs. It's very cool. Anyway, how do you feel if you're driving down the road and you look up and there's a sign that says "Adopt a Highway," the North Georgia Ku Klux Klan, or the Royal Order of the Knights of the Ku? And it's Ku. It's not Ku Klux. It's Ku Klux Klan. How would you feel about that? I'm leaving Dawsonville immediately. <laughs> Would, would you, sister, would you be, as, as a person of color, would you be intimidated it, by it? Would you be bothered um, by it? I wouldn't drive down the road at night, I'll tell you. <laughs> see, that's, see, I love, I love the idea of the North Georgia KKK getting, uh, adopting a stretch of roadway for a couple reasons. Number one is free speech. Hey, you know, you let other people adopt the highways. You let church groups adopt the highway. This is their group. If they meet all the other restrictions, you know, don't, don't have the government picking winners or losers. Number two. If you put a big sign, this stretch of road cleaned by the KKK, I know exactly where I'm throwing my trash. Absolutely. Every time I'm in that area, I'm like, kids, roll down the windows, and you're throwing it all out. I might even save, like, I have a stupid little dog, indoor yeah. dog, so I have to do the dog poop bags. I might even save, like, a bag of bags. And then just wee fling them down the road. That's but another. My problem is, don't the tatted up skinheads already have to clean roads as part of work release? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. So now they're just so doing it for fun. Practice. No, this is. There's a, that's another reason too. What better uh, uh, way for Representative Tommy Benton and his boys to spend a 98 degree August afternoon than? Bending over and picking up trash and garbage and half full cans of beer and cigarette butts while in their sheets and pillowcases. Have you ever tried to? Seriously, it's kind of hard. You can, the little eye holes, they shift around, they get sweaty in there. You got to move around. So God I forbid would, you get some dirt in your I, cleaner gal. I can't wait to see that scene of these guys out there, you know, picking up the stuff and it's getting in the. And then there's one other advantage of the KKK adopting a highway here in Georgia. Um, they'll be standing really close to the road. 
You know, I mean, it, distracted driving. True. You lose control. You know, you weave a little bit. I, I, I thought I saw an, an animal jump in the roadway, so I swerved over. And, oh, I'm so sorry. Right in the fitted sheets. Oh, <laughs> darn. Move over, Law. I moved exactly. over to the oops, shoulder and oops. hit one of them. I'm so sorry. So, yes, Representative Benton and your KKK boys, you guys go right ahead. Adopt all the highway you want. Pick it up. I will. I think this is a brilliant, brilliant idea. Speaking of weaving out of the way because of an animal, Matt Dorr in the Havlin Special Traffic Center. A few years ago, I was driving down the road and a cat ran out in the middle of the road. Okay. And the it was two lanes, and the oncoming car swerved into my lane. Yeah, don't swerve for animals. And almost hit me. And then didn't understand why I was honking my horn and using a finger to point skyward to right. the Lord at at her. And she was like, oh, what do you like? I could hear her saying, what am I supposed to do? Hit the cat? Yes. Yes. Hit the cat. <laughs> There's a car full of me and my kids over here. Yeah, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm an animal lover. I'm not out trying to take not them exactly. out. Exactly. You don't swerve to hit it on you know, just absolutely gratuitously. Not. Absolutely not. But but this is the issue that's raised up in Gwinnett County. You know, there's a little airfield up there. And they have a bunch of, of uh, vultures. Yes, I at, know it well. Uh, Brisco- oh, you know Briscoe Field? Absolutely. That's where we used to fly out of to do traffic. So, oh, okay. Very familiar. So how would you feel if your life were risked because some dopey buzzard flew into the plane and you had emergency landing or crash yeah, or whatever? No, it's no, no, not no. fun. Shoot the damn birds. I can help Hit them the, out with that, too. Hit the damn cat. Shoot the damn birds. Who are these animal kooks who would rather kill people? Than kill animals. We've Sometimes got I have to up. remind my PETA friend that uh, people are more important than animals. Absolutely. And they don't taste nearly as good. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 918. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. In about an hour and 15 minutes, um, we're going to uh, carry President Obama's comments. Well, okay. In, an, in about an hour and 15 minutes, President Obama is scheduled to give comments regarding Guantanamo Bay. If there's no live audience, if it's just a press announcement, it could be 11, 11, 15. Um, but whenever he does it, you'll hear them here on News Radio 1067. President Obama said when he was running the first time in 2008, he wanted to shut down Gitmo. He was going to do it his first year in office. He issued the order within hours of taking office, literally within hours of uh, his first day as president. So we are going to shut down Gitmo. And, of course, Gitmo is still open. And there's a reason why Gitmo is still open. That's because the people who are there want to kill us. And this isn't just speculation. This is uh, uh, absolute reality. For example, President Obama released Ibrahim Al-Kosi. Uh, who was sent to Sudan in July of 2012. He's now the leader of one of the most powerful al-Qaeda organizations in the world, AQAP, as the insiders call it. By the way, if you're ever talking to people about, like, you know, fighting terrorism and foreign policy stuff, throw around. Well, you know, AQAP is a big problem. Seriously, you'll sound super smart. Um, And so he's the head of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, described as the most dangerous al-Qaeda branch. So he was in Gitmo 2012. You know, remember just a couple of years ago, you're enjoying Christmas with your family. He's sitting in Gitmo, not hurting anybody. Now he's in charge of an al-Qaeda organization that's killing people and uh, spreading jihad around the world. He's just one example of that happening. 
the uh, director of national intelligence released a report uh, last fall. I'm looking for the date on this because I was digging a bunch of stuff up in which he said that the United States has confirmed that 116 detainees transferred out of Gitmo have, quote, reengaged in terrorist or insurgents insurgent activities. That's 116 people who could be sitting in a box right now. And instead, they are out killing our allies, trying to kill Americans. They're on the Internet recruiting lone wolf attackers, etc. So of the 647 released Guantanamo detainees, uh, 29% are either confirmed of returning to terror or suspected to returning to terror. And, of course, you take those numbers with a grain of salt because there are a bunch of these detainees. We don't know what they're doing. So it's I think it's safe to say that one out of every four of the people that we release go out and try to kill us again. That's a safe number, probably higher. But I'm a conservative guy at heart. So there you go. And so President Obama wants to close Guantanamo and release these people or send some of them to prison here in the United States. And we're going to hear from the president the specifics of his announcement today. But I want to hear from you at 844-404-1067. Do you want these Guantanamo detainees out of Gitmo and out in the world so that they can be part of the next San Bernardino, the next Chattanooga, the next Fort Hood, the next? I don't do we know if they have a newspaper subscription at the White House? Can someone check on that? Soccer boy, can you do some maybe confirm that they're getting the paper? Because. If you got the paper the last 12 months, a couple of things might jump out at you, like Charlie Hebdo or Paris or San Bernardino or a a, a train in France or a train in Germany or attacks all over the Middle East. Some of these things you might notice that, hey, there seems to be some terrorizing going on out there. If your number one problem, just to use a local example, if your number one problem at Briscoe Airfield is buzzards flying close to planes and causing, endangering planes, possibly causing uh, uh, plane crashes, and you had a cage full of buzzards, would you release the buzzards? Well, Michael, we have it on good authority that uh, 75% of the buzzards released will not fly to Briscoe Airfield. Who gives a crap? What about the other 25%? Well, is it really fair to keep the buzzards in the Yes, it is. It's completely fair. Actually, I, when it comes to the case of the buzzards, I'd kill them all. And when it comes to the people at Gitmo, I would give them military-style trials, which we were doing to, at a certain pace, had some court problems. Then the Obama administration just changed its policy. But they, you know, it would be a, a military proceeding. You get a military trial. You get a military defense attorney. And when you're done, you get a military execution. That's the thing to do with whack job Islamist terrorists who want to kill us. President Obama wants to release them or bring them to um, the United States to put in a prison here. A lot of talk about the Charleston uh, Naval Brig, which you know was whatever, five, six hours away. A lot of talk about the Supermax prisons, uh, either Leavenworth or there's one in Colorado. What do you think 
the typical whack job Islamists would do if they knew that we had a bunch of their fellows at a facility in Colorado or Kansas or South Carolina? Do you think they're just going to ignore that? Or are they going to seize the opportunity to do something about it? Whether it's a, you know, attempt to break them out or whether it's just a terror attack in the city where they are or on and on and on. There is no reason for any of this. Once these whack jobs, remember, we are now, we've already released more than 640 of the Islamists at Gitmo. They're already out, about a quarter of them trying to kill us again. We are now down to the worst of the worst. No country wants them. Nobody wants them. I can't think of a better place for them to be than Gitmo. Can you? 844-404-1067. Or maybe you can. You know, this just hit me, soccer boy. We have some pretty clever listeners. I wonder if they can think of a better place to send the Guantanamo terrorists than Gitmo. If you have an, if President Obama called you and said, look, I, just, I promised I, I would shut this place down, so I've got to do it. What's your idea? Where, what should I do with them? Where should I put them? Why don't you call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 and confess what you would do with the uh, Gitmo terrorists. And uh, you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Adam Lambert on March 8th at the Tabernacle. Call the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Of course, then the same question is, what would you do with the buzzards in uh, at Briscoe Field in Gwinnett County? Sherry Rhodes of Loganville wishes they could just... Take the birds away. I enjoy watching them. These are, once again, the same birds that are uh, uh, endangering airplanes taking off and landing nearby. They're just interesting to watch. They circle in the sky over the park. They never try to attack anyone. No, they're flying with airplanes. Why do you have to do this? Lady, I, look, I'm glad you love birds. I'm glad you're an animal lover. Can I get you a subscription on cable? You can watch Natural Geographic Channel, Neo, was it? Ne- Neo Geo, whatever it's called. My daughter watches all these animal channels all the time. Me, I've got a much simpler solution for buzzards that are endangering airplanes full of people in Gwinnett County. Very simple. It's that easy. What, that's not working? Is that not quite getting the job done? Okay, we gotta we gotta step it up a little bit. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. I got ninety nine problems, but a buzzard ain't one. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. I'm Michael Graham. that you are kind enough and patient enough to hang out with me. I appreciate it so much. And I love hearing from you via email, michael at michaelgraham.com. Or you can call right now, 844-404-1067 and be part of the conversation. If you want to talk about the uh, uh, whether or not President Obama should shut down Gitmo and release terrorists, uh, some, he's released some and then put others in prisons in the United States. Is this a good idea in your opinion? 
Not your opinion as a Democrat or a Republican. Who cares about that? Your opinion as an American who's seeing the war on terror. Do you know what happened 51 years ago today, soccer boy? 51 years ago. Is that right? That can't be right. Someone told me it's 51, 51st anniversary. That's not right. It's uh, on this day during World War II. I'm, I'm, I'm revamping my comments as I speak because I want to double check the date. But on this date during World War II, the uh, Marines at Iwo Jima raised the flag. We've all seen the image, right? The iconic image of the Marines raising the flag. It was on this date. And on this date in uh, the United States today, the president of the United States is saying, let's release terrorists and um, let's you know, bring some to the United States and put them in American prisons and let's release others. Uh, Matt Doar, did you check that uh, check that date for me? 71 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what someone tweeted. And this is, always, you know, this is the magic of Twitter. Someone tweeted me earlier this morning that it was 51 years ago today. And it just suddenly dawned on me. That's not right. My grandfather was fighting then. So it was seven. How many years again? 71. 71. Not 51. 71 years ago today. I want, so imagine that you're back at Iwo Jima. And you're fighting a war. Why are you fighting this war? Because of a sneak attack conducted by whack job fascists who wanted to spread their rule around their part of the world, this case in Asia. We were a problem, so they killed us. And of course it happened on Pearl Harbor, at Pearl Harbor. And uh, so imagine that you there you are, 71 years ago, raising the flag, and someone says, hey, you know, we got this prison camp full of uh, Japanese uh, fighters and killers and stuff. I think we should let them go. Why would we let them go? Well, because, you know, they we look bad. We look bad. Pictures go out of Japanese prisoners sitting in a prison camp. It upsets the other Japanese. It makes them want to fight. We should just let them go. Why would, what? Why would we do that? Well, we've already done a survey. And 70% of them would just go home and would not fight again against us. But what about the other 30%? Oh, they'd come back and they'd kill Marines. So why would we release them again? Look, well, see, we have this young leader who's very broad-minded and wants the world to love America again. And, you know, I mean, we were kind of aggressive in Asia. I mean, we were like, you know, fighting the Japanese about their expansion and we were cutting off the flow of oil and rubber and stuff. And, you know, maybe we were asking for, you know, maybe Pearl Harbor was America's chickens coming home to roost. So uh, the guy who thinks that he thinks we should release these people, these Japanese back during the war. What would the reaction of, of 99.99987 of Americans have been during World War II if you'd said that? They'd have said, are you bleeping crazy? So how is it different today? Later this morning, we'll care for you live. President Obama is going to yet again try to shut down Gitmo that, revol- that, that involves releasing some people and imprisoning some people. Why would we do that today? You would seem crazy standing under the flag at Iwo Jima on this date. How is it any less crazy today? 844-404-1067. Let's ask Harold. Harold, you're on the earth. Michael Graham, go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Michael. Good morning. Uh, 
got a little story. I had a relative by marriage that was in a Coast Guard during World War II, and mm-hmm. uh, they captured some pirates, and the U.S. Coast Guard hung all of them in World War II. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. He told me that was a true story. I, mean, I think I wouldn't really... I'm, I'm game for it today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my my attitude about terrorists is really very, very simple. Once you go to terror, all the rules that would apply to prisoners of war and other combatants just end. I've had people argue with me because I, you know, I do this radio thing in Europe and uh, obviously European pacifist, you know, Euro weenie losers. How would you feel if Americans are being held detained permanently somewhere in the Middle East. And I'd say, well, that wouldn't happen because American soldiers wear uniforms. They fight under an identifiable flag. They have a commander. They represent a country. There are rules of engagement. They fight under the rules of the Geneva Convention. So they're entitled to the protections of the rules of the Geneva Convention. Terrorists don't. Terrorists don't wear uniforms, don't have a structure, don't fight under the rules. They behead people. And so I thought the early days of Afghanistan were the model for how to handle terrorism. Blow the crap out of them. I never wanted to invade Afghanistan, or I should say stay in Afghanistan. As soon as we found out that Afghanistan made 9-11 possible, I wanted to send over the bombers, have a big banner that says, rubble don't cause no trouble, and just blow the massive Trump out of them, just completely and, uh, and someone said, well, what do you want to do, bomb them into the Stone Age? Have you ever been to Afghanistan? We would have to evolve them into the Stone Age. You see the story this week that in Egypt they just sentenced a four-year-old kid to execute death for murder? A four-year-old? And they're going to execute him. So uh, these, you know, ninth-century knuckle-dragging uh, dirtbags, I've no sympathy for them whatsoever. So you just go over, rubble don't cause no trouble. That is the solution. When you're when you are fighting terrorists, you get what you want out of them and then you kill them because they're terrorists and they chose to fight that way. They could have assembled an army. They could have assembled an army and invaded a a military base of the United States. And if they had fought like an army, then when the fighting's over, you capture them. And then you and when the war ends and you come to some agreement, then you release them. I would be totally fine with that. In other words, I'm not picking on them because they're Muslim or because they're. You know, Afghanis or Saudis or whatever. This is all about the rules of war. They chose to break the rules, and President Obama keeps trying to extend to them the benefits that our soldiers earn by taking the risks of fighting under the rules. We won't fire into a building where we have no idea what's in there, which means that some guy could be hiding in there and kill one of our guys. And you know what happens when that guy dies? We say, what a terrible shame, but we still fight the right way because we represent the, you know, the, the forces of honor and of good. And that means we are going to lose men that we would not have to lose, lose if we fought like dirtbags. But once you catch the dirtbags, you don't get to treat them like there are men. President Obama wants to. Same thing with the illegal immigrants. He wants to treat them as though they are legal immigrants, so they did it right. Wrong. Wrong way to go. Skip and Roswell, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Michael, what I'd like to know is what is his personal gain? Because the man has never put the country first. Uh, well, he argues that uh, Gitmo is a recruiting tool that, you know, people would not be drawn to jihad. And then they see these terrible stories that there's a Gitmo somewhere and then they jump up and, you know, shout Allahu Akbar. There's no evidence of that whatsoever, by the way, none. But uh, that's what he argues. As far as his gain, he gets to be the guy, Skip. Don't you understand? President Obama oh, was, uh, was he was elected to not be George Bush. 
Who opened Gitmo, Skip? Uh, yeah, that's George true. Bush, exactly right. President Obama made two promises to America when he was running for president. I promise not to be George Bush, and I promise, promise to remain black for my entire eight years in office. He made those two promises. That was the entire premise of his campaign. People voted for him for two reasons. The history of having a black president, which, by the way, is kind of cool, and I understand that feeling completely, so totally legitimate. And I hate George Bush. I'm sick of Bush. Eight years of Bush, can't stand it anymore. Those are the two reasons he was elected president. It wasn't policy, wasn't ideology, certainly wasn't competence. Duh. Um, it was uh, 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 the chance to make history and the chance to vote against W. And this is Gitmo as part of that legacy. He wants to be the guy who undid it. And he doesn't care that 20 years from now people will go, you know, shutting Gitmo and withdrawing from Iraq entirely were like two of the dumbest things any president ever did ever. He doesn't care. It's He did what he saw, wanted to do. And that's, uh, that's where we are today. Is he doing the right thing? You tell me. We've got a lot more to talk about coming up, including the tightening of the presidential race right here in Georgia. A brand new poll to tell you about. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 949. Oh, yeah. Michael Brand, don't forget your chance to win free lunch coming up at 1130 in the lunch line. Also, the confession hotline winning for your calls at 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007. And we're looking for your ideas what to do with Gitmo detainees if President Obama is, in fact, going to shut Gitmo. is expecting him to announce sometime in the next hour, and we'll carry that for you live. And the best answer wins a pair of tickets to see Adam Lambert on March 8th at the Tabernacle. We also uh, have have other topics. You're welcome to comment on anything. In the next hour, I'm going to explain to you why the presidential race is not over. And I'm I'm not going to explain why, oh, please don't let Trump win. That's a separate issue. I'm just going to explain why mechanically from the uh, way the uh, delegates are handed out that the election is not over. And it's pretty interesting to me that in... um, that uh, uh, the latest poll shows that Donald Trump only has an eight-point lead here in Georgia over Marco Rubio. He had a 20-point lead uh, a couple months ago. There hasn't been much polling done in the United States. Uh, but, uh, uh, it, I mean, excuse me, in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. But those are the, the latest numbers. It's uh, 31-23. Yeah, 31 Trump, 23 Rubio. And, you know, a lot of people are listening to how Donald Trump talks and uh, about his uh, uh, threats and stuff. Uh, that, you know, how in the world do you talk this way? Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. So we got a presidential candidate who wants to punch people in the face. He's constantly calling Ted Cruz a liar. He says crazy things. He threatened. He makes comments about uh, Megyn Kelly's wherever. Is there a way to return civility to our national conversation? Uh, David Harsani, uh, one of our good friends, a terrific writer at TheFederalist.com, has an idea. Dueling. Bring back dueling. Is that right, David? 
Absolutely. It is right. Okay. We need it. Explain to me your rationale in the year 2016 for us to bring back dual. I could, for example, I could see it in, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, Muslim controlled Middle East where ISIS is popular because they still do beheading and stoning. But why would we in the United States bring back dueling? Well, first of all, you know, it, it would be just an experiment, so we'd start with politicians. I, I think that <laughs> the, main, the main problem here is that there is no uh, – people are, are not civil because there, is no, there are no repercussions for the things that they have to say. They can accuse people of anything they want. They can sully someone's honor and, uh, and not have to pay any price. So I think if you're going to call someone a liar – uh, that person should have some recourse in regaining that honor, as they did in the old days here in, in the United States. And uh, typically people would not actually go through with the violence. They would work something out. So I, I think that dueling – now, again, we'd lose some politicians, I think, and I think that we'd all be willing to live with something <laughs> like that um, if necessary just to bring back the civility everyone's clamoring for. So you want, we're talking to David Harsani. Read his stuff at thefederalist.com. You want to see Donald Trump and Ted Cruz – what, at like 20 paces with revolvers, or do you want to have, you know, there. swords, a, a good old-fashioned Greek knife fight? You each hold one end of a, of a you know, rag, and you fight it out with knife. What, what would your model for model for uh, dueling be, David? <laughs> no, not, knife fighting is uncivilized. It would have to be pistols, and uh, you take one shot at a time. There are a whole bunch of rules that were written down mm-hmm. in the 1700s uh, that deal with all aspects of dueling, and then people would... Uh, have their seconds negotiate and so forth and so on. And then they would go to the, you know, the fields in Weehawken or here in, here in DC and then they'd uh, work it out. I mean, or, I, I think, or they would go to any place in South Carolina, which was one of the last States to uh, have a de facto ban on dueling. And in fact, a South Carolinian led the way in uh, writing the rules for dueling because that's how gentlemen settled things in the Palmetto right. state. It is a, an amazing document, honestly, uh, you know, apart from all this, that, that gives you a real insight into sort of the thinking of gentlemen as it were in South Carolina in those days. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we're talking to David Harsani with the, the Federalist. Why do you think we need dueling? Well, I mean, we have courts, we have the public opinion, et cetera. Do you think it's because uh, President, uh, oh, uh, it's not President Obama, because Donald Trump has completely removed all shame from public discourse, and since there, <laughs> since there is no shame, then that you have to bring it back via the pistol. I think so. I mean, it, listen, he's not the first. You know, when Harry Reid says that uh, Mitt Romney has never paid taxes or whatever he said, right. I mean, Mitt Romney, you know, there's nothing he can do to regain uh, to to prove that that's not true. Really, I mean, I, I, I guess I guess there was something he could do, but you, you get my drift. Sure. So when Donald Trump says. Uh, Ted Cruz is not a true Christian. Ted Cruz can challenge him to duel and shoot him and prove that he is a true Christian. <laughs> but but how does shooting somebody? And you've been reading up on dueling, David. How would you know? Win, how does winning the duel prove that you were right? Is my question. <laughs> That's a good question. Typically, though, as I said, you come to some sort of agreement where the person backs off because no one wants to be shot. Um, if you shoot him, you really prove that you're a good shot. You don't prove anything about the, uh, <laughs> actually you prove that you are, have steady nerves because yeah. that's the hardest willing part to, is to shoot at somebody while they're pointing a gun at you. <laughs> but you're willing to stand up for your, for, for your honor. Okay. I think that that proves something as well. Okay. So Dave Arsani, why isn't the metaphorical pistol in our process, the voting public, for example, Donald Trump is now saying that he's not sure that Marco Rubio is eligible 
Well, here, here, you can you can listen to him right here. You're really not so sure that Marco Rubio is eligible to run for president? You're really not sure? I don't know. I, I really, I've never looked at it, George. Honestly, I've never looked at it. Uh, somebody said he's not, and I retweeted it. Now, David Harsani, you and I know that that's a pile of crap that Donald Trump knows what everybody else knows. Marco Rubio was born in that strange, faraway land of Florida. And so you can argue that people born in Florida shouldn't be citizens. I, I'd be open to that conversation. But you can't argue that they're not. Why, If the voters won't punish Donald Trump for his nonsensical statements, his crazy ranting, aren't, aren't the voters supposed to, in other words, they're supposed to put a, a ballot box bullet through the career of a ridiculous liar and con artist like Trump, as opposed to him having to you know, actually fire a few rounds with uh, Ted Cruz. Right, I would be I would be Trump very differently if he proposed making 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 sure that Florida can't have a vote. But <laughs> I, I think that I think that um, uh, voters, unfortunately, many of them smart people, some of them less smart people, are uh, make bad decisions, and that's why for eight years we had a president who was terrible. In fact, I would say that that's why for the most part we've had presidents who are pretty bad. Uh, no president leaves office and everyone's like, "Wow, that was great. I wish we could have four more years." Uh, that's I mean, not true. Ronald Reagan, people wanted four more years, even, and they wanted it so badly they elected that dope H.W. Bush, and he was a fiasco. Right. I mean, but his, his yes. They did. I mean, and it's very rare. But but even then, he was far less popular than when he started, I believe. And there was some sure. fatigue there. I mean, people get, you know, people get over it. And um, because they, you know, there's all kinds of things going on and, and no one can be a perfect president. We care too much about politics. That's the problem. Yes, now, we I have agree. to because it's involved in every facet mm -hmm. of our lives now. Um, but someone like Donald Trump is it's just an emotional vote. It's, it's an anger and grievance vote and has nothing to do with policy because no one can tell me there's a coherent policy in there anywhere other than uh, let Trump be Trump. Out. Let Trump be Trump. Actually, I disagree <laughs> with you completely. I'm going to give Donald Trump's coherent policy in the next hour for anyone who's listening. David, you'll miss it because you're off in the uh, wherever you are, Beltway, hanging out with your Beltway buddies. Uh, one last question for you. Some people would argue that bringing back dueling, particularly for American politics, would be sexist. Because men duel, not women. But you did some research on that. Yeah, it was um, women would duel occasionally. There was one great story. I forget what year it was. And I think it was up in Boston. These two women first shot at each other a few times and missed, and then they took up swords, but everyone survived. <laughs> um, what, were they all fight, what were they fighting over? Dueling. What were these women dueling over? <laughs> one woman made... Uh, a remark that was not taken well about the age of the other woman, ah, apparently. Age. Yeah, see, there you go. people are thinking, oh, my gosh, she must have, whatever, insulted her sexuality or she must have hit her or something. No, 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 she insulted her age, and then the guns came out, and that's yeah. that's what would happen well, again. It, yeah, as long as it's in a controlled environment with all the rules are followed, I'm not, uh, I think that would be fine. But I would say this. Uh, I don't think I'm, I, I wrote this, I think, on Friday, and not a lot of support in real real support. So uh, I think people are missing the point here. We would have a much more civil debate, I'm telling you. You wouldn't just run around. Like, Donald Trump pretends he's a tough guy, but really, right. come on. He's no, a no, billionaire. He's, a he's never had to... He's probably never had a fight in his life. Or anything, a, right? well, listen to how he whines every time someone criticizes. <laughs> he was mean to me. I've never heard so much whining about negative ads before. Uh, hey, David Arsani, serious question. Haven't the ads this cycle been pretty tame compared to in the past? I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really get why everyone's getting all worked no up. Kidding. 
I mean, we're, no one's really gone after him in the way they should, like talk about his mob type. I don't even know. You know, it, he, he is essentially has no filter. He can say whatever he That's wants. Right. If anyone says anything to him, it's unfair. So why not go after him full board? I mean, why not bring up all that stuff? I, I just do not get it. I think what's happening is Cruz and Rubio feel like they need to knock each other out, and right. uh, that's what they're working on now. And that's going to be a disaster at some point very soon. Which is why we need dueling. David Harsani, read him at thefederalist.com. I am Michael Graham. Seven on News Radio 1067. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. Sorry, we're running a little late in the segment started, but I went over with David Harsani because I thought the uh, his idea, which he wrote in a full out article, fleshed it all out with the rules and everything, that we should bring back dueling to political discourse in the United States. Real dueling, yes, pistols. There's no, there's no, this, like, this isn't a stunt or loophole. He said, think about what would happen in the United States if. Every time someone stood up and said something ridiculously false or stupid that they knew there was a possibility that they would get called out and their honor would be on the line and they would have to face somebody at, you know, 10 paces or they'd have to admit I'm a lying liar who lies. Uh, and so I, I I brought that up because I thought it was uh, I, I mean, I, he brings up a good point. It's people are frustrated. They just want to know what's going on. So that they can figure out how to deal with it. At least that's what I believe. That's why I do. If you've noticed, my show is a little different from a lot of the talk radio shows. I'm not carrying water for candidates. I'm not trying to explain to you why you should abandon your conservative principles to support Trump or whatever. I'm not hurting my back trying to jump on the Trump train. I'm just telling you honestly what I think because I think the truth that you want it, that you want to know what the heck's really going on. And I trust you as as, uh, grown-up adult people to figure out how to make your life work. So I like the truth, and I'm trying to get at it. And that, that was a kind of appealing about the uh, the thing because I mean, I mean, just the, the perfect example right now is this crap from Donald Trump on is Marco Rubio eligible to be uh, president of the United States? Now here was uh, Donald Trump in January. You can't run with a cloud. Now Lawrence tried from Harvard. And many other lawyers say, got a problem. Some are even stronger on the issue than Lawrence Sharp. They say you have to be born on the land. You have to be born on the land in the United States. John McCain was different because he was born on a military base. Both of his parents were, as you know, Do you think were, the same cloud hangs over Marco Rubio? He no, I born, don't think so. No, it's a, no. Different, it's a very different thing. Because he, he was born in the United States. He was States. born here. It's different. He was born on the land. Born on the land. I love that. It's, just, it's so Trumpian. He was born on the land. And the land, the land made him. Well, no, that's not how it works. Americans who have babies abroad have American babies. Um, but setting that aside. So he says, absolutely, Marco Rubio, 100% in because he was born on the land. Well, here was, is the same Donald Trump this past Sunday. You're really not so sure that Marco Rubio is eligible to run for president? You're really not sure? I don't know. I, I really, I've never looked at it, George. Honestly, I've never looked at it. Uh, somebody said he's <laughs> not, and say, I retweeted it. What? Didn't you just say, of course, Marco Rubio is a citizen? Yeah, he just said, absolutely, he's a citizen. He was born in the land. And then the same guy, four weeks later, now that Rubio is within eight in uh, Georgia, now that Rubio finished second in South Carolina, and now that Donald Trump's support continues to be capped at 32 to 35 percent, suddenly he wants people to believe 
Marco Rubio, not real American. Wasn't born in America. He was born in Florida. I don't know if I should get Donald Trump a map or an atlas or a copy of the Constitution or whatever, but uh, there, there's that at 844-404-1067. So you have this crazy, so, so you can see why if you know you're going to be held accountable for what you say, you may not say the crazy things that you say. I, my attitude is it can't hurt. It's a good start. Um, so uh, my question now is, what about this comment about Donald Trump at a rally that has got a lot of people very upset? Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big <laughs> high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I'm being sincere about this. I you, you, Look, I'm always straight up with you. When we have no Trump bash days, we have no Trump bash days. You you know Trump supporters, you're welcome. I'm not going to scream at you and call you names. I'm always sincere with you. I, I sincerely believe that that was Donald Trump's best pitch for being president of the United States. I mean that. And I will explain. No, no, I'm not being mocking. I'm not mocking. I'll explain why, honestly. I think that was his be- best pitch in just a moment. Plus, take your phone calls at 844 844- Four zero four one zero six seven. If you have an idea for what we should do with the uh, Guantanamo Bay detainees now that President Obama wants to release them, call the confession hotline 404-436-2007 and share that with us. And you have a chance to win prizes later in the show. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Morning, it's ten sixteen. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham waiting for President Obama's comments regarding shutting down Gitmo, something that only twenty nine percent of Americans support. Americans overwhelmingly say no. Gitmo's doing just fine. It's a great place to keep terrorists, uh, keep them out of off American soil, or as Donald Trump will say, off the land, and keep them out of our prisons and keep them off the battlefield. We already know that about twenty five percent of Gitmo detainees have returned to fight, including a guy who's now in charge of uh, al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. But I mentioned to you that Donald Trump and his, uh, out, not outburst, but when he's talking about a guy who showed up and some jerk shows up at a rally, I don't care whose rally it is, if you're screaming and yelling, you deserve to be tossed. If you really are throwing punches at the other people who are there, you double deserve to be tossed. So I, I get where Donald Trump's coming from there. And then he concluded his comments by saying this. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. <laughs> And here is the natural truth, and I mean this, Trump supporters. I think this is the number one reason why about a third of Republicans are supporting Donald Trump, a guy with a very sketchy background, sketchy on the issues. Why are you supporting him to be president? And that's because you wisely look around the world and you see that there are a bunch of people who need to be punched in the face. There are a bunch of people who need to have their butts kicked. And whether it's ISIS which the uh, current administration and the Europeans have allowed to grow and grow and grow to the point that it's spreading terrorism all over the world, including to San Bernardino, California, or whether it's the Chinese, who I'm a free trade supporter. I think if we said if we could sit down and talk for 20 minutes, I explained to you why we make more money and have a, and have more jobs by far. 
by having free trade than by doing what Donald Trump wants to do, which is really stupid, raising the price of everything from China by 45%. But China is a cheater. They absolutely cheat, and they steal, and they steal our uh, our uh, intellectual property, our plans, our ideas, and stuff. China needs a punch in the face, without a doubt. The uh, illegal immigration movement, not the individual, like I don't want to punch any individual illegal immigrant, but the people who argue that everybody in the world has the right to come to the United States, and we as American citizens, including, by the way, American citizens who were born in Mexico or Ireland and became citizens, that none of us have the right to have a border, those people need a, a rhetorical punch in the face. Because their argument that it's racist and evil to have a country is offensive and wrong. And the same thing, so whether it's Islamist terrorism, uh, uh, a border security, cheating China, uh, 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 people, people in the United States who uh, put their corporate interests ahead of the United States interests, these people need a punch in the face. The people who gave us the bailout that took billions of our dollars and left our economy in such a mess that Americans still aren't earning as much today as they were in 2007. They need a punch in the face. The people who made all those deals to let anybody who showed up borrow money to buy a house on a subprime deal that was ridiculous on its face, but the government under Clinton and Bush pushed through because Bush deserves part of this too, and said, "We're just going to lend the money. It'll just it'll it'll make people better people. We'll just lend them the money." And you have people who had homes they never could have afforded ever, and then of course they blow up the banks and the banks collapse and we have this crappy economy. Those people in that whole subprime mortgage fiasco need a punch in the face. And I agree with Donald Trump on that completely. Well, except for he does, he supported the bailout. But you see, my, you see my point. We live in a world where there are a bunch of people who need a punch in the face or a swift kick in the pants. That millennial, we read her open letter yesterday. She worked at Yelp. Someone needs to give me money. My boss is a meaner because I rent an apartment for $1,240 a month in San Francisco, and I only make $1,500 a month, and it's his fault. She needs a swift kick in the pants. And you look at the people running for office, Trump supporters, and you believe that the only guy or gal that you can trust to give China and the illegal immigrants and on and on Mexico the punch in the face. The person, the only guy that you believe when he says this line, I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you, is Donald Trump. And I understand that completely. I do. You've watched people that you've elected to do simple, basic stuff. Not only do they, it would be one thing if they were doing it and then failing. Like, you know, we, we ran to the phalanx. We took on, you know, whatever, Obama on this. We took on the interests on that. And we almost got there and we were three votes short, whatever. And we have here are bruises to show for it. You would see that they at least wanted to mix it up. But instead, what have you seen? Surrender first. Don't even try. And so I, that is the best pitch for Donald Trump that I've heard anyone make yet is when I say, hey, Donald Trump's not the first person to talk about open borders and amnesty. Republicans have been talking about it for years. We've been fighting this for years. I've been fighting this for years. He's not the first person to talk about uh, fighting Islamist terror. I mean, my gosh, listen to Cruz and Rubio on Islamist terror. They're as tough as anybody. When your answer is, yeah, they all talk tough, but 
Are any of them willing to throw the punch? That's that's a legit point. That is a legitimate argument. Doesn't change the fact that Donald Trump has all those other problems. That Donald Trump will be punching little old ladies who own homes that are in his way, and he'll be punching uh, 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 American citizens uh, who are in the wrong religion, and he'll be uh, you know punching all people from Mexico by calling them racists and on and on and on. I mean, the guy the problem with Trump is he's going to punch everybody. That, that doesn't. So that I'm not. In any way, am I changing my take on Donald Trump? And I'm never going to vote for him ever under any circumstances. But that is a powerful message, and it's a legit message. And so now the challenge is down, in my opinion, to the other candidates. Kasich, Cruz, Rubio, can you prove that you're willing to throw a punch? Can you prove that you're willing to do stuff that's unpopular and have the media attack you for it and still take the punch? Uh, and if they haven't convinced you yet, that's their job. It's not my job. It's their job at 844-404-1067. I, I, I have two small pieces of evidence to, the, to that. Donald uh, uh, Ted Cruz went to Iowa where every elected official said you have to support ethanol. You have to support government pushing people to making people buy corn. It you know makes us rich. And it's a policy that's totally stupid, but it makes us rich. So screw you. And... Ted Cruz was credit said, no, I'm not going to support it. And the governor of Iowa was so mad, his son's an ethanol lobbyist, that he gave a huge, he's wildly popular, he gave a huge speech, everybody attack Cruz. And Cruz took it. Give him credit for that. Uh, Don, uh, Marco Rubio has been told again and again and again, you have to stop being so pro-life. You're too pro-life. When you say that you uh, think that it's wrong to abort a child, who was fathered in a moment of, you know, in, in, a, in a, an attack of rape. That's just too strong. That's too much. And Marco Rubio's answers this question a thousand times and says, look, this is what I honestly believe. I, there's a life there, and I just want to protect the life. And, you know, it's tragic how it came in the world, and you're absolutely right. It's a, There are t- competing interests here, and I completely understand why people disagree with me, but that's how I honestly feel. Preserve the life, because that killing the life can't be undone. And you can... that and, that's a crazy, and that's crazy in American politics. That's crazy. Yet he's not backing down. I, and that, that, once again, that's just the lay of the land. You could argue, as the Trump supporters are arguing, that Michael, none of this matters. Trump's got it all. It's already over because Trump's going to swing through the twelve states of Super Tuesday, and, or the SEC primary March first, and that's it. He's going to win every state in the SEC primary, and he's going to be president. Well, you might be right that Donald Trump is going to win every state on March 1st, including Georgia. You might be right. Uh, you might be wrong. Uh, there, there are a couple of states. For example, in Georgia, uh, Donald Trump's numbers have fallen precipitously. He's now only eight points ahead of Marco Rubio, and that came out of the clear blue sky today, 31 to 23, with Cruz back in third place at uh, 18 or 19. Yeah, 19. But... Remember something about Super Tuesday. In fact, I tell you what, this is so important about Super Tuesday. I don't want to get started and then have to slam into the news traffic and weather here. So we got news traffic weather. We got President Obama on Gitmo. And why? No, the race will not be over on March 2nd, even if Donald Trump wins every Super Tuesday state. I'm not going to give you spin. I'm going to give you math and the natural truth.
can't come before you today um, without saying how disappointed I am that we're not moving forward with uh, cultivation in this bill. While very sincere and very well-meaning in terms of its intent and its goal to help people, politically was not going to be achievable. And I think it's fair that the DOT could determine that the KKK doesn't qualify as a civic-minded organization. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else. When we're talking, I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Good morning, it's 1106 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad. The geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. You are live, loud, and local here at Atlanta's largest diner tables. Just call 844-404-1067. And you heard the President of the United States here on News Radio. Maybe you're just tuning in. He wants to shut down Guantanamo Bay. He want, he thinks he can get other countries to watch about half the detainees, which is sketchy because the problem we've had is that countries don't want them with any responsibility. They're like, you can dump them here if you want, but... you know. We'll either just throw them in jail or let them do what they want to do. You remember that great deal we made for the traitor uh, who uh, fled his post and joined uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan, Bo Bergdahl, and we gave up five top-level Taliban officials with intelligence experience and instead and, and got back a guy who betrayed his own country and is now facing court-martial. So... <laughs> The same president who cut that fantastic deal now wants us to throw open the gates at Gitmo. And my question for you is, do you agree? 844-404-1067. Do you want to see the president of the United States do that? Um, He also wants to bring about half the prisoners to the United States. He won't say where. He won't say which state. Why? Because he wants Hillary Clinton to at least have a chance of winning whatever state that is. I predict that President Obama is going to suggest a deep red state to put the detainees in. It won't be a swing state like Ohio, Colorado, or Virginia, I I guarantee you. And we'll see how that goes. And President Obama says he wants to have a big debate about this. He wants this debate to continue. Should we release the folks at Gitmo? Uh, We already know for a fact that uh, about 180 of these people have returned to the battlefield or, or to terrorism the new head of al-Qaeda in the American Peninsula is part of this. And therefore, you know, this is great, great stuff. This is good. 844-404-1067. You tell me this is your chance to talk about it here at uh, uh, on a News Radio 106.7. Also, a reminder that for people who want to help make a difference. You know, we were talking earlier about why I absolutely support allowing the KKK to adopt a highway. And I'm sincere. I'm totally sincere about this. I think we that the state should let them if they really want to pick up trash on the side of the road. I think this is a great idea. And you can um, uh, because, number one, you're you're defending individual liberty. Other groups get to adopt a highway. Why not let the KKK? We let religious groups do it. We let social groups do it. Why not let the KKK do it? Number two is as soon as a sign goes up that says, this highway, you know, maintained, this trash picked up by the KKK, I now know where I'm throwing all of my trash. I will I will get rid of my trash can. 
and I'll just put it all in the back seat once a week and then go out, and it'll be right there waiting for the uh, guys in the white sheets. Plus, you haven't lived until you've seen a bunch of guys wearing sheets and pillowcases with eye holes cut in them trying to pick up litter and cigarette butts and half and beer cans half full of urine off the side of the road. I would I would pay money to see that if the guys will put on their hoods. And it keeps them close to the road. So if, if Representative uh, Benton and his buddies want to go out and celebrate the Klan by picking up trash, you you go right at it. Speaking of Representative Benton, I told you uh, about the ad that I ran in the Main Street newspapers up in Jackson County when he came out as a state representative in Georgia and praised the Klan, said they weren't race-based, that they did good, that they straightened a lot of people out. And uh, I was hoping that to get somebody to run against him. Well, we had such an overwhelming response. So what we've decided to do is News Radio 1067 and Main Street newspapers are teaming up. We're doing a candidate training workshop this Thursday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday night, 7 to 9, Chateau Elan. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, grassroots uh, campaign organizer here in Georgia, in Georgia will be there. Julianne Thompson, she was on with us yesterday. A, uh, an election law attorney, or an, I should say an attorney who knows a lot about election law, will be there to guide on the, you know, how do you file and what do you do. The, and then there'll be somebody from Main Street newspapers to talk about how to deal with the media once you become a candidate for county commission, state legislature at the at the local level. So, and we'll have, and more. We're still at, so people are reaching out saying, I want to be part two, Michael. I want to come in and talk about polling or whatever. So this is going to be, a fa- if you've ever thought about running for office, or maybe you think your wife should run for office or your neighbor should run for office. Maybe you'd like to be the campaign manager and help somebody else run for office. And you've just nev- never really been involved in a campaign before. This is your chance. It's absolutely free. It's completely nonpartisan or bipartisan, whatever. We're inviting everybody. I don't care what office you want to run for. I don't care who you want to run against. Representative Benton himself is welcome to come get some pointers. How to run as the Klan candidate in Georgia in 2016. But uh, all the details are on my Facebook page at, uh, uh, excuse, not, uh, excuse me, they're on my Facebook page, but they're also on my blog page at michaelgram.com. Just click on the blog. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, 1117. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham. Hey, Matt Dorr in the Havlin Special Traffic Center. Have you heard about this thing that Waze is doing where Waze has celebrities working the phone? The, I have the heard thing? that. You know about Waze, like a little app thing on your phone? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have it, but I've never did anything with it. I just kind of had it there. It's kind of like the Wikipedia for traffic. Well, I gave it a try after they changed this over to Morgan Freeman, and it was a pretty interesting event. Okay, Waze, start navigation for work. Good morning, Michael. We'll be taking Highway 400 to the studio today. Holy crap, it's Morgan Freeman. You're my Waze navigation voice? That's right. So let's turn right at the next light. A light that could be red, like a setting sun, or green, lush and alive with possibilities. Okay. Oh, crap, the road's closed. Waze, which way should I go? Is the road closed? For his destiny chosen another path, a path that leads to Zihuatanejo and my friend. What? What the hell's wrong with this thing? Where am I? I found a rock that had no business being in Maine. Uh, Stop it, Grandpa. Michael, come with me if you want to live. Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's right. Now take the next left. Next left? 
But, but that road is one way the other way. Turn left before it's left. But there are cars coming. Don't be a girly man. Turn left. <sighs> Next time, I'm taking Marta. It, it turned out to be a mistake, Matt. It really, it really did. And they told me, and uh, we made this, I'm going to ex- experiment with this for tomorrow. Apparently, some of the ways the politicians are trying to campaign now, they're doing their own ways. So I don't know what's going to be on my ways tomorrow, but you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Uh, so 844-404-1067 is the phone number. Why isn't the election over if Donald Trump wins here in Georgia on March 1st, the SEC primary, and the other 12 states? Why isn't the election over right there? You know, I've got people telling me the election's over now. Donald Trump won New Hampshire and South Carolina. That's it. No one's ever won those states and not gone on to be the nominee. Uh, that's true, but no one else has ever been Donald Trump. And the, the, the look, the obvious difference for Donald Trump versus the past is when you had McCain versus Bush or Dole versus Buchanan or whatever, and the establishment guy was shot out of the South Carolina cannon. He won South Carolina. There were a bunch of other voters waiting to just, you know, we show okay. They were like, ah, I'd rather have this guy, but I can live. I can live with W. I can live with McCain. I can live with Dole. You know, that was the difference. Is you had a bunch of candidates that had different levels of support, but none of them, except for H.W. back in 1992, none of them were unacceptable. No one was saying, forget it. Well, the problem with Donald Trump is Donald Trump, 40% of Republicans have said over and over and over and over again, they are not going to vote for Donald Trump. They're like me. And you can say we're evil, bad, whatever. I'm, I would say to you, why would you nominate somebody that 40% of your own party won't vote for? But that's a topic for another day. So, Mr. 35%, because that's what Donald Trump's support is. Here in uh, Georgia, he currently has 31%. But I'm being generous because I'm that kind of guy. Mr. 35% comes barreling through the the 12 SEC primary states and let's say let's say for the sake of argument that he wins them all he even wins Texas where Cruz has a has a lead he where wins Massachusetts Minnesota he wins them all let's say he wins them all with his 35% all of the SEC states are proportional Delegate states, all 12 of the March 1st states hand out their delegates based on uh, percentages. Now, it's a little bit trickier than that because uh, two states, for example, um, Alabama and Texas have a rule that say that if you can get 50 percent of the vote of the state, then you win all the delegates. Just boom, just like that. But Mr. 35 percent isn't going to win 50, 51, 52, 53. If, If he wins all 12 states, he'll have won it. Because he has 30, 35, and Rubio has 28, and Cruz has 22, or whatever the numbers end up being. He's going to win a proportion. So, on March 1st, 595 delegates. We'll call it 600 just to make the math work easier. 600 delegates. Let's say that Donald Trump wins a third. He got 200 delegates. And let's say um, uh, Rubio wins a quarter. Then he got... 150 delegates. And let's say Cruz wins 20%. He got 100 delegates. And so when you're done with this, Donald Trump ends up with 270-ish delegates. Uh, 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 Rubio's behind him with about 180 and whatever. And nobody is close 
to the 1,237 delegates you need to be the nominee. 1,237. That is the number. And that's, it, it's really, it's interesting to people say, oh my gosh, well, if he wins all those states, Michael, then it's just over. It's just over. Well, it's over. He'll have, once again, assuming that, and by the way, this is assume, this is like the best case scenario. This is assuming that his 35, that he maintains his 30, 35% in all the states. It assumes that somehow he beats Ted Cruz in his home state of Texas. It assumes that he keeps a lead here in Georgia or a lead in Virginia, both states where Donald Trump's numbers have been falling and Marco Rubio's have been rising. You know, Marco Rubio was down behind uh, uh, Trump by 20 points two months ago here in Georgia. Brand new poll out, Trump 31, Rubio 23. He's within eight points, and they're just getting started. Now, am I predicting Rubio's going to win? No, I'm simply saying that based on previous trends, Trump's support is going to continue to sag. Rubio's support is going to continue to rise. So it's very possible that they could essentially tie. So, but let's say, you know, so let's say Trump ends up winning seven of the states, eight of the states, whatever. There's no scenario where he has more than, you know, 300-ish delegates after uh, after Super Tuesday or SEC primary, whatever, March 1st. The winner-take-all states don't start until March 15, which means... You could end up with a situation. In fact, I would, wouldn't say you could end up. It's almost certain we're going to end up with a situation where somebody needs 1,237 delegates to win. And one guy's going to have like 500 or 600. And one guy's going to have 400. And one guy's going to have 300. And then you start hitting the winner-take-all states. You start hitting big states. You're seeing big states like Florida, Ohio, you know, eventually California. You see these big Michigan. Uh, oh, Michigan's on that line. It's earlier. But, you know, you hit these big states. And that's where winning by 30, winning with 30, 35 percent could win you big, big bucks. Because it doesn't matter in a winner-take-all state if you won with 70 percent of the vote or if you won in a nine-way race with 17 percent of the vote. doesn't matter. Winner-take-all state, if you have one more vote than everybody else, you get all the delegates. Well, how many people honestly think that by the time we get to March 15th that Carson and Kasich and Cruz and Rubio are all still going to be in the race. That's very unlikely. So if you've got a solid 35% and you're running against one guy, guess what happens to that one guy? He wins everything. You get, you take your 35% to Ohio or California or, you know, Colorado or whatever, and you you lose because you only have 35%. There's no way with this proportional delegation system that we've got this year, there's no way for a guy with 35% of the support of the Republican Party to win the 1,237 delegates, the half of all the delegates that he needs. Either he has to get his 35% up or the field has to stay divided all the way and both of those things look very unlikely. Now, that could change, but that's not going to change before Super Tuesday. What's going to happen on Super Tuesday is that Trump's going to win a bunch of delegates and Rubio's going to win a bunch of delegates and Cruz is going to win a bunch of delegates. That's what's going to happen. And then the race goes from there. But to say that people like me should start saying, we, we get loyal to, gotta get loyal to Trump. It's all over. Graham, he's got it in the bag. No, he's got, he's got, as he's had for six months, 
He's got his 30 to 35% in the bag. That's exactly what he's got. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. Your chance to win free lunch at the North River Tavern is coming up in mere moments. I am Michael Graham. Lunch doesn't have to cost dough because every day on Michael Graham's show, the lunch line. Kick it! You get free lunch if you call and win. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. And today's lunch line comes to us courtesy of the most fascinating, the most interesting man to ever run for president, Donald Trump. The guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. If you remember what Donald Trump wanted to do to him, 844-404-1067. I'll be sending you to the North River Tavern, where if you go in and you order a Mickey O'Graham, you'll get a tall Guinness and a short Bush, Bushmills Neat, which brings together, by the way, the North and South in Ireland, because I'm a peacemaker like that. So call 844-404-1067. Uh, what did Donald Trump want to do to that protester? It was the line of the day. You've heard it many times, and if you recall... We are happy to send you to the North River Tavern on Roswell Road. Uh, meanwhile, I mentioned the most interesting man to run for president. There's a lawsuit surrounding the most interesting man in the world. His personality is so magnetic, he is unable to carry credit cards. <laughs> Even his enemies list him as their emergency contact number. <laughs> he never says something tastes like chicken. Not even chicken. He is the most interesting man in the world. And now he's part of a lawsuit because he had this he had this manager who was a third rate actor who failed you never heard of him, I would say his name you never and so he failed as an actor, so he became a manager. Now he screwed that up and this guy's career has taken off as the most interesting man in the world. And he's going, Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm entitled to some of his money and I just, I think these ads are just I just love them. I think they're fantastic. I'm waiting for somebody to do one. Uh, it would make a great Trump parody ad, don't you think? One of the campaigns should do. Sounds like something that Cruz ad uh, campaign would do because they've done some great ads. Speaking of Donald Trump, Matt is online. He wants to win some free lunch. Matt, how are you today? Hey, not bad. How you doing? Great. We're going to play Trump's comment. When we get to the end, you give us the big, full finish, and you win free lunch. The guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. Matt? I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Yes, Matt nailed it. Even the I'll tell you. So, Matt, stay on the line, and we will send you to North River Tavern as our guest. We give away free lunch every day around this time, so you need to be listening. Also coming up, the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. People are, sending, are calling in and answering several questions, one of them being... Um, what we should do with the Gitmo detainees. If President Obama gets his way, we should move the Gitmo detainees to dot, dot, dot. Answer that question at 404-436-2007, and you could win tickets to see Adam Lambert in concert at the Tabernacle March 8th. We should move the Gitmo detainees to also um, your uh, take on whether or not the uh, uh, – Local airport in Gwinnett County should just shoot the damn vultures. My solution to the vultures is very simple. They're endangering airplanes. 
I don't want to hear from these animal lovers. They're just so interesting to watch. They circle in the sky. I really enjoy it. You'll enjoy it until your plane slams into one of them and then it slams into the ground. We don't need that. I have the vulture solution for Gwinnett County. What, that's, uh, uh, Matt Dorr says that's not enough firepower, is that right? You do what you gotta do. Absolutely. I hate these people who endanger the rest of us because they're worried about animals. You know, there's a deer in the road and they swerve at you. There's a cat in the road, a squirrel in the road. Oh my gosh! You know, no, no joke. I was uh, when I was younger, I was dating a young lady, and we were driving, and there was—I forget now what was in the road, something small—and she grabbed the steering wheel on the passenger side. I'm like, whoa! whoa. She tried to drive us off the road. I'm like, girlfriend, they're animals. They're fast. They've lived this long, and sure enough, the animal sprinted. I mean, because ninety-something percent of the time, the animals just get out of the way because they don't want to get by something. They're like, you know, it's not like they're handicapped. They just, just need a second. Oh, that was that. That was the end of that relationship. I'm not going to die because you love. Oh, they're so nice. They're so, no, they're just freaking animals. That's all they are. And I would kill every buzzard on planet Earth without thinking about it if it meant that I never had to worry about another plane crash. I'd easily swap the lives of people on airplanes for the lives of buzzards, wouldn't you? Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. So if you have any, th- oh, oh, your thoughts about that, and also, do you agree with me? If you have any other reasons why we should absolutely let the KKK adopt a highway, this is going to the Georgia State Supreme Court. I think it's a free speech issue. I also love the idea that there will be another place I can dump my trash, which is right there. Oh, is this the road right here? Okay, we. Uh, but if you have another suggestion on that, maybe you can win free tickets at four zero four four three six two thousand seven. And then the other news of the world, Georgia was in danger of losing our coveted spot on top of the list of states with the dumbest pot laws. As many of you know, Georgia politicians last year almost wrenched their shoulders, patting themselves on the back for passing a law that says you are, an, you are allowed in Georgia to use cannabis on a series of illnesses. Uh, kids having horrifying seizures, et cetera, really suffering. Cannabis oil treats it, and it turns lives around. So the legislature agreed. You know what? We're going to overturn our law that makes it illegal for you to use cannabis oil. Yay! But we're going to keep the law that makes it illegal for you to make cannabis oil, buy cannabis oil, sell cannabis oil, or ship cannabis oil across state lines. So in other words, our lawmakers had enough compassion to look at these families who are suffering and say, yes, we realize you're suffering. We're going to change the law so that you can use cannabis oil. But just to be total bleeps about it, we're still going to make it illegal for you to get the oil to use in the first place. So Representative Allen Peake did the obvious Next step. And by the way, we do you remember we talked about this at the time before they passed the law? I said, this is so stupid. I mean, either leave it illegal and show that you just don't give a crap or that you're 100 percent dedicated to prohibition or change the law so people can actually make and use the oil in the first place. But this is the stupidest of both worlds. You're allowed to have it if 
an airplane flying overhead happens to drop its load of cannabis oil by accident, and the oil comes plunging through the ceiling of your garage, then you can use it. But other than that, sorry, stupidest of both worlds. So what did these super geniuses under the Golden Dome do with the leadership of Governor Nathan Deal? They voted to keep it the way it is. They had a big reform bill. They were going to let people grow a little bit of pot so that you can manufacture cannabis oils. It's all going to be regulated. Oh, no. We can't have anyone growing marijuana in Georgia. Why, that's never happened. No one's ever sold or bought marijuana in Georgia. No. And, of course, you and I know that everyone in, in, in Georgia who wants pot can buy all the pot they want right now without a single worry. And because pot is as, as available as porn. So here's uh, Representative Alan Peek talking about what happened under the Golden Dome yesterday. I can't come before you today um, without saying how disappointed I am that we're not moving forward with uh, cultivation in this bill. Um, <coughs> disappointed um, for a lot of families and citizens that were potentially could benefit from that. I'm disappointed that we have politicians this dumb. It's just embarrassing. This is, this is why I cannot reiterate it enough. Republican, Democrat, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, wherever you are, just don't give politicians stuff to do. We need fewer laws, not more. We need government leaving us alone, whether it's hacking into our iPhones or making us criminals for growing pot or whatever. Just leave me alone because they suck at what they do. Think about how dumb you look when you're looking these families in the eye and saying, well, go ahead, use it. Uh, I can't. I can't get it. Uh, What are you looking at me for? Go ahead, use it. But you made it illegal. You made me a criminal. Go ahead. So that's why I said you can rest assured for at least another year, Georgia will have the stupidest pot laws in America. Thank you, Governor Deal and the super geniuses of the Georgia legislature announced. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. His reputation is expanding faster than the universe. He once had an awkward moment just to see how it feels. He lives vicariously through himself. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer. Yes, we know what you drink. Hey, we're not doing ads for their product now. We're just stealing their content. That's very different. We're not promoting. We're plagiarizing. I am Michael Graham. So glad that you are here. I really am. And I'm so I'm getting so many emails, Michael at MichaelGraham.com, about the upcoming uh, campaign Workshop, And that's what it is. I want to be clear. If you're coming to hang out and just talk politics, I, I, I love doing that, as you know. But that's not what this is. This is a nonpartisan workshop, a, a, a campaign or, or an election law, I should say, attorney, a campaign specialist, someone with local media to talk about how to talk to, you know, get your stuff in the local paper, et cetera, it, where, where, which is where real you know, local coverage just happens for local races. So if you've thought about running for anything from the Gwinnett County commissioners who are giving themselves a 51% raise to running against the pro-KKK Klan member in Jackson County to running for school board, city, town, whatever, it's uh, two hours later, you'll know how to get started. What paper do I fi- paperwork do I file out, how, fi- fill out? How do I organize a campaign? How do I give myself a chance to win? How does this work? And that's what we're doing, and it's all free. And thanks again to Chateau Elan for giving us the facility. We appreciate that. It's 7 to 9 p.m., and I can't reiterate this enough. Completely nonpartisan. This has nothing to do. I don't care what you want to run for, who you want to run for or against. 
I just want more citizens involved because I think that's fundamentally a good thing. Yes, Brandon? You know Chateau Alon is like pretty far up yeah. there. But remember, so Jackson County is even farther up there. Yeah, so but since it ends at 9 o'clock and you go to bed at like 6.30. <laughs> I that's ridiculous. Are you going to be at work on no, Friday? I will be at work on Friday. I will be at work and mostly sober on Friday. So it'll be actually an improvement over usual. You know, it's, just, it's right, at, right up 85. And going to stop the Piccadilly on the way? Is that a place to stop? You're just a jerk. You're a total jerk. I'm not stopping at the Piccadilly. Although, actually, if there's a good place to eat up in that Brazelton area. Chateau Alon. Shall I eat while I'm there? If they're, if they're paying well, for no, it. No, no, no. I mean, they're good donating the facility. There will be light beverages and snacks and stuff. But I like to, you know, I like to check out places, too. Like, I like to, if there's a barbecue I can't come out of pocket for Chateau I know Lodge. you can't go up there because of your agreement with your parole officer. But I'm still thinking that uh, it's going to be a good good event. Everybody is welcome. And now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous. Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. Brought to you by the Tabernacle, where you can see Adam Lambert in concert on March 8th. Yes, Michael. Donald Tyson Trump could not fight his way out of a wet paper bag, <laughs> but he has inspired me to go out and punch everybody in the face that disagrees with me. And if they continue to disagree, I'll bite their ear off. Ouch. Punching and biting. This is not good. Sometimes you go for it. Unless they are sharing a cell with crazy eyes in orange is new black <laughs> or are surrounded by dementors and death eaters in Azkaban, they can stay exactly where the hell they are right now. Thanks. I would love to strap uh, feminine hygiene pads to their feet and send them in with crazy eyes and orange is the new black. Fun fact, crazy eyes follows me on Twitter. No way. The actress plays crazy eyes follows uh, me. Soccer boy, why are we not surprised by that in the least? You know, because Brandon is equally as we, crazy. Because we know who Brandon is, exactly. Michael, Michael, Michael. Yes, All yes, this yes. negativity. Obama is really the only person working to stop terrorism. And you know how you stop terrorism? How? You hug terror. <laughs> Just hug terror. That's why I'm appointing as our czar of terrorism, John Kasich. He'll give it a nice big hug. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling with a great idea for what we can do with the Gitmo release Excellent. Uh, people, those detainees. Um, I think that Obama could staff his home with them. I'm sure there's several <laughs> of them. Uh, locations that could use a good staff. Uh, so I think that is the, the best idea. You know, someone suggested the Secret Service, but there's two problems with that. These guys are devout Muslims, so they don't drink and they don't hire hookers. So I don't know that they feel fit in the Secret Service. I can't think of a better place than Gitmo. I think we should drop them off butt naked <laughs> in the Everglades of Florida uh, with a bunch of chicken uh, strapped to their bodies uh, <laughs> so the alligators can do the rest. Yeah, uh, uh, if I'm going to the Everglades, I want that guy with me. Everglades with a chicken strapped around you. Hi, Michael Graham. I think we need to send all the terrorists to live on the KKK Road <laughs> in North Georgia. And then we can release the buzzers from Gwinnett County <laughs> over there, and they can clean up the mess for us. That solves everyone's problems. Is that the last call? No. Because we got a winner. Hey, I think it may get better. Really? Okay. My only question about the clan is... Do they only pick up the white trash? <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, this is a tough one. But you know what? Because she rolled she some rolled topics everything in together. The, dude, white trash, you win honorable mention, okay? Jot down that email. We'll find a reason to give that guy something. But, we'll give uh, that guy a terror hug. So we're going to send you, uh, young lady, for that very clever uh, wrap of the Today's Show. We'll send you to see Adam Lambert March 8th at the Tabernacle. Remember, the Confession Hotline is open anytime. Like, if you're watching the Democratic debate tonight and something just drives you crazy... 
Just grab your phone, 404-436-2007, call it in. If you're stuck in, if you see buzzards flying near your plane, and you're like, holy crap, 404 <laughs> That's your last act as a exactly. pilot, call I'm it in. I'm going down! Radio broadcasting legend, The Kimmer. Up next, only on News Radio 1067.